Hey, what's going on? We're out here on the outskirts of Paris. And what's the name of this city again? Herblay. 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 It's not quite a city. It's more like a beautiful, non-polluted town with individual characteristic homes and waterways that you could swim in and see the floor. Uh, We're out here... uh, Doing a little recap of our two-night ayahuasca session. And I'm here with uh, Askew, a great friend of mine, uh, an artist from Auckland, New Zealand, uh, currently traveling traveling the world and living in New York. Uh, Dax, Dr. Dax, uh, who comes from Atlanta, Georgia, the Dirty South. A wild motherfucker with a Chevrolet tattoo on his fucking neck. And my man fucking Will. Fucking casually sophisticated motherfucker who has been embedded from good parenting with respect and social etiquette. So have a have a listen to these guys uh, talk about their accounts with ayahuasca. Hey, hey, does anybody know the name of this city, uh, this town that we're in? Yeah, it's called Herblau. Herble? Herble. 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 All right, so. <laughs> What's your so we're Whatever in, you want to say. We're in Herble, France. <laughs> uh, along the River Seine. Uh, maybe about 40 minutes outside of Paris. By Uber. And. It's 8 o'clock, and I've woken all these guys up after crashing out for an hour to talk about our experience of doing ceremony last night and the night before. And here we are. Still feeling it? You still feeling it, Dax? Man, I'm feeling it. I'm not feeling that, but I'm feeling this. You feeling this it? is fucking trill right here, feeling man. Feeling being by the water? Yeah, man. The Chico de Balje is going by. Him. <laughs> you, you like the romance of the River Seine? This is fucking romantic, Joe. Yeah. I want to fucking jump in and open mouth kiss you in the mouth. <laughs> Yo, you, you were saying you were listening to a song about about uh, the River Seine, weren't you? Who who was that rapper that was singing about? That? No, there was a reggae song. And he, he just spoke of the river stand on the beginning of it. So there's some sort of uh, universal romance of this river. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've never seen it this far up, though, like just just in the city. And it kind of, you know, it looks a little scoty, like you wouldn't get it. But this looks all good. For those who don't know, Joe, why don't you tell them where this river runs? Well, if you go to the left... If you went to the left on a jet ski and you went far enough, you would end up at the Eiffel Tower. And then if you went right far enough, you'd end up out to the Atlantic Ocean. Am I right? That's right. So All that, the Louvre and the fucking Crystal Palace and the Notre Dame. That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so guys, uh, the reason why we dragged our asses over here is to get a little recap of your experiences of doing ayahuasca for the first time. No comment. <laughs> in, out just outside of a major city, in a very zenned out location. And uh, I, I think it'd be kind of cool to, I'm gonna start off with, uh, I'll start off with you, Dax. All right. You know, uh, beforehand we were up in Monmart on the hill and we were kind of talking about, uh, we were talking about getting ready for ceremony, the dietary preparation, the mental preparation, and what it is that we were anticipating. So having gone through two, two consecutive nights of doing ayahuasca, what is your feelings on the matter? What did you go through? Well, back in my Montana, I only, only knew then what I know now. Things are much different now. I'm a different person completely. I've been through two exorcisms is what I choose to call it. The first night with Will, Joe, it was much more of an easygoing night, what I didn't know about last night then. But that night was a bit of an exorcism. Yeah, I, uh, tell us what happened uh, this past night. This past night? Don't go to the first night, don't even matter. Fuck that You'll night. get to it. Tell, tell us about last night. Well, we could, can, I just, can I just end it off with the more interesting part? Do it however you want to do it. Yeah, the first night was fucking uh, pretty epic and it was pretty beautiful. It was definitely profound and uh, well, how'd it go? You you, we, you, okay, you well, took we, that. You took that. We first went into drink. a anyway. We we're in this beautiful fucking Japanese tea house in Paris, outside Paris, France, and uh, we had the best shamans probably in the world. They've thousands of years, generations passed down these techniques and medicines from the earth. It's not just one medicine. There's a couple of things that enhanced the ayahuasca medicine. So what are some of the things that you did to go along the, with the medicine? Um, one is a mixture of a tobacco broken down into a paste, and the other one is cocoa leaf broken down into a paste. And then there's another thing, they blow up your nose. That's a mixture of, I believe, herbs and some other stuff from- Tobacco as well. And tobacco, and it's like snoof, but it's, it's more potent and they take it in a big thing and they blow it in your nose and you get live. And it's pretty much just to like, get you from quit being a pussy and get ready and calm you down. It's kind of like when you have a boo-boo on your arm and they stomp on your foot and the boo-boo don't hurt no more and it works. And then from there, the, the, the process begins of the ceremony, drink the ayahuasca, gave thanks, gave gratitude, set our intents, drank the ayahuasca. We sit down and lay down in the dark for, I don't know how long, between 10 and 40 minutes. The singing starts. <laughs> it just starts really light, it builds up. And then next thing you know, you launched off into this world of your own insanity and brain and you'd start dealing with yourself or I started dealing with myself and uh I'm a scary motherfucker I found out I'm scared to death of myself and uh 
start fucking, I don't know, crying, laughing, dancing, whole roller coaster, emotional roller coaster of uh, every emotion you could ever imagine. And when the music slows down finally and goes still from just being rambunctious and Amazon leaves shaking in your face and shamans spitting at you, the music calms down and it becomes more like a DMT world and it's just super visual and digital and there's all sorts of data flying around. And then it goes back into the music building back up and it kind of just repeats itself until we eventually end the ceremony and we start talking about it way too soon. And then... Did, did you run into any type of... Uh specific type of messages or encounters with people in that first night yeah okay i did at one point when i was having a full exorcism and my head was spinning around in circles and uh i was freaking out and i didn't know if i was gonna survive the whole thing doze green walks in the room and i thought it was like a special guest i thought it was like one of your fucking <laughs> your like surprises that joe does i was like oh shit Joe got Doze Green to show up, and it, it, it threw me off, and, it, and, it, it, and it, I wasn't scared as much anymore, but I was still sweating and freaking out, and he came over, and he put his hand on me, and when he did, he started glitching out, and he came back and glitched out and just disappeared, and it was, it was unbelievable, and he probably wouldn't even believe this, but uh, the shamans even said that people's spirits can show up, and maybe he showed up because, uh, you know, that guy's a freaking inspirational icon in my life anyway so he showed up to comfort me and thanks Doze appreciate you buddy and uh, I can't last night was so crazy that I can't remember the first night in detail as much but going into the Tell second us about last night you came in you you set an intention what was your intention for last night my intention from last night was to continue from the first night because I didn't feel like I had let out all my sadness and darkness especially I've had had a day to marinate on it during the day and I was like, man, there's still... I, well, first of all, I didn't even want to do a second night. You talked me into it originally. And then after the first night, I realized I had to do the second night. There was no way out of that. I, just for myself, I knew I couldn't leave this situation and opportunity behind because I knew I had to just clear this stuff out. And so I set out an intention of just clearing out the rest of this sadness and to uh, also unblock any creativity blocks or challenges that I'm uh, facing. So... In that, I, the ceremony started the same exact way. I drink the ayahuasca. I'd say within 10 minutes, it started feeling it. It, it, it hit me fast. As soon as the, the whistling starts, the little light whistling starts, it starts just chilling in me. And then as the music built up, I was dancing and breathing hard. And, uh, and then the exorcism started again. And uh, it got deeper and deeper and it built up and got more and more extreme to the point the shamans were spitting on me and and spitting stuff in my face. I had cocoa leaf paste all over me somehow. Sorry, is that Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Film that. <laughs> Good <laughs> God, the octo pussy. I'm sorry to distract you right wow. now. Wow. That was worth waking up for. Yo, Dax, why don't you stand next to it and let him... Can you get me fucking it? I'm gonna fuck the fucking octopussy. That's eight pussies. We got enough for all of us. <laughs> hey, so that's a barge too, right? Yeah. That's, that's gotta be a private barge right there with that name. 
It's got a fucking Audi on it. How do you get the Audi on that thing like that? How do you drive the car onto there? Fuck. All right, so anyway, the octopus. Why don't you stand there and, and maybe you shoot some real time? So tell us. Um, so, okay, so, yeah, so, so it hit you quick. It hit the me quick. Time it hit you quick. It hit me so quick. I mean, I saw you like just wiling out. I think originally I just started breathing. And then, uh, yeah, it just got more and more extreme to the point where I don't even know exactly what I was doing. I really felt like I was. And I just couldn't control myself, and I started. And then I seen spirits coming all around me, good ones and bad ones. But the bad ones were so fucking bad, the good ones were staying on the other side of the room. And I believe the shamans saw these spirits because they came like right over, like, and they kind of like were scared of the shamans a little bit. But they, when the shamans came over, it just steered them behind me. So I started like freaking out. There's a wall behind me, but I was looking. And then one of them entered me and I started speaking in tongues and I started speaking other languages and I started speaking in voices that weren't mine. And I think Ask You can even vouch for that. This shit's not fake. This was some real shit going on. And, uh, what was the physical feeling of I felt of that spirits the, coming the in spirits, you? Did you one of the, the main spirit, the, the baddest one that was really picking on me. And I was begging. I was like, please fucking be nice to me, man. Stop. And I was begging for mercy. I was crying. And I was screaming, and I started throwing up in the bucket, and it seemed like an endless flow of ayahuasca, which was more, like, thicker at this point. It seemed like straight, thick molasses coming out, and it was fucked. And then I started, the speaking in tongues and other languages was, like, insane. And then I started, like, the shamans came over and, like, spit a loogie on me, and my fucking, uh, I felt the stuff dripping on my head, which I thought was a loogie, but I went like that, and I could feel, it felt like my third eye had opened up. And stuff was just oozing out of it, and it freaked me the fuck out. And I started wiping it off, and the shamans were kind of bugging on me at this point. I think they 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 were they knew I lost control, and I didn't wasn't even controlling myself anymore. I had a spirit that was inside my body controlling me, and I still had the other ones picking on me, so I was fighting it. So I started getting pissed off and just fuck. And then it would just take control of my body and make me just turn into a total fucking like rag doll. She was insane, and uh, and then it kind of left me alone. It kind of I thought it, I thought I had shedded it out, and, it, and the music it went back, and I started just fucking just like catching the spirit, like black folks in Southern Baptist Church. And then uh, then they came back, they came back immediately, and I went into a feverish thing, and my arm went limp, and I couldn't feel, and I felt like the spirits were like ripping my soul out of my body. And then from there the spirit took control of me again and I went back into the tongues and then it just stayed in me, the spirit. Could you make out what the spirit looked like at all? Yeah, it was, it was all black and it had eyes. It was almost like something in a cartoon or something perhaps. Were the eyes like glowing? No, you know what, the, you know what it kind of, the only thing I can compare it to is that, uh, that white painting you did and it's got like those, like the rat or whatever, the black. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't that shape, but it was, it was a bit like that, but the eyes were even lighter. They were faint. But it was more like a shadow, but of a scary, I could almost draw it. It was simple. It was almost like a, you ever see a the, silhouette, but it was a shadow you with ever eyes. You see the movie Ghost with yes. Patrick Swayze? Yeah. You know, those, you know those ghosts that come and kill Willie Lopez? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was like that a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's a good example. 
It felt like that. Those ghosts came in. So you felt these things were all looming around and in you. Yeah, and they were all over the room. And the good spirits were like on the other side, and they were more like Native American spirits. Okay. And I think they had came to try to help, but they just weren't they just weren't tough enough or something, or they just don't fuck they don't mix with those. So they were just kind of watching, and maybe they were just there for entertainment. I don't know. I really don't. And uh, man, at that point. Dude, man, I don't even know why that cocoa stuff was all over me, man. And I was already just having the worst fucking time. So I went outside and one of the shamans was came out there and was like trying to cool me out. And it was just so hard. And, I, and she kept me out of the, uh, the ceremony for most of the last of the time. And then when I went back in, she asked finally cleaned up my area. I thought I'd shit all over everything and stuff, but I, thank God I didn't. I just, my head was fucked up, but I was still like, I feel like this demon or this spirit was lingering in me and then um i wasn't sure and then i was i've come down at this point so i wasn't crazy i'm in the ceremony and everybody else takes second glasses and i asked for my second glass and the shaman say no now and, we all started laughing and everybody at you started laughing at me because you you seem so fucking deep in what you were dealing with the last thing you need is another cup of well it. i thought i need another cup because i knew there was something going on still i was like man something's going on so I, I was just patient. And then um, as the ceremony kept going on, I, 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 the medicine wore off. And then the second cup kicked in on Will Askew and Askew's girlfriend. I didn't want to say her name. But um, yeah, so anyway, Jasmine and them took another cup. And then that's when I asked for my cup because I felt like there was more. And then I got turned down. And then from there, <laughs> you got cut off. that fucked me up a little bit too because I was like, damn. I, I'm kicked out of ayahuasca. The shamans were like not having me no more. I've done, I've done too much. You got bounced. I got, <laughs> I got kicked out, man. And uh, then from there, all their ayahuasca started kicking in. And then I started feeling that spirit again when the music starts playing. Something about that music. I don't know for me, man. It gets in my blood. My body starts doing like ancient dances and shit. I don't know what the fuck it is. And I swear it's not me doing it. I let it happen because I, I just... I just submitted to it. But as I submit to it, I start like wiling out. I know that it's getting to be too much. I'm going to start hitting people. As Joe would say, I'm not about my space. I don't have space. Sometimes you're spatially unaware. Well, I was trying to be spatially unaware, but the, you know, the spirit catches me. And that's when I started noticing the, the, the dark spirit. The dark spirit hates on that shit. It doesn't like you fucking liking the ayahuasca for some reason. But it, it uses, they, at the beginning of the ceremony, they open up your chakra. They blow smoke. And all that stuff and it, it does it opens up your chakra especially when you do the stuff in your nose you feel wide open and then they open you up now you're wide open this shit's real and when you're wide open that's when the spirit i seen it come off the wall into my head and i knew it was in there the door was unlocked the door was unlocked but then at the end of the ceremony after it's all <laughs> said and done they come back around and close your chakras at this point i fucking started freaking out i knew she was going to lock the door on the on the spirit and I told her and she's just like yo chill you're good and I said no I don't and I fucking was like fighting yeah don't lock him in I was like me. don't lock that fucking thing in my head and she did she locked him in so after the ceremony I was, really I was I wasn't gonna kill myself but I felt like I was gonna maybe pay someone to kill me I was I was gonna tempt someone to kill me <laughs> and I was gonna fucking go after this I was gonna unlock both our fucking spirits and then we was gonna have it out with all the bad spirits I'm gonna go chase them down 
That's, that was my thoughts. Then I started thinking, that's crazy. But now I'm going fucking crazy. I thought I was losing my mind and I, I, I didn't even want to face y'all. And then the shamans came out and everybody came out and they told y'all to go and for me to stay. And uh, they were like, yo, man, like, you know, maybe it's just you. You've emptied out this new space. Maybe that dark spirit was just you facing yourself. And I said, man, I don't know. <laughs> I said, it doesn't seem like it because I don't speak all those languages. That motherfucker got in and was spooking me out. I think everybody else as well. So anyway, the main shaman comes out and he says, sit down. She, they, she, has, she translates for him. He tells me to sit down. And this is when I started getting real. He looked very concerned because she told him what was going on with me. And I think he knew. And um, he told me to sit down and he pulls out this pipe and packs it with tobacco. And he just starts chiefing it out. He starts chiefing out this pipe. Chief and chief, and he tells me to sit down, and he starts blowing the smoke all in my head again. And he starts blowing it down my shirt and all down my arms, and he just blows it all over me. Just like, and it's it's overwhelming because I got so much smoke being blown out me at this point. But I just down for whatever at that point. And he, he tells me to put my hands out. He blows the smoke in my hands, and when he does it, I could just feel this rush of like over me, and I started like kind of bugging again. But I'm not on the the medicine's not. This is me now. And uh, he blows the smoke all over me. And it just starts fucking like, almost like a like an exorcism, man. And he goes down and he, I'm barefoot. And he like lifts my feet up. And he starts blowing the smoke down. He blows all over my foot. And as he blows it down, the second one, he like doesn't put his mouth on my foot. But he puts it really close. And he's blowing smoke, blowing smoke. And he goes, and next thing you know, he starts, and she gives him a bucket. And he starts fucking losing it and throwing up and he fucking f collapses and she's like don't worry i was like oh man i'm sorry I, like what the fuck is this like what's happening and he said she said he has he's purging for you like this is what happens and she was like he's pulled whatever out of you the spirit or whatever and he's purging for you and he's and man he was he never would stop even when i left she was like just go now i said what about him and she was like he's gonna be fine this is what he does and I was like, no, nah, I don't know, man. He looks bad. And I've been with him two nights. He's a strong individual. He does the ayahuasca and plays beautiful music the whole time. And now he was like one of us. He turned into one, like an amateur almost, like where he fell down. And, and he was throwing up so much and spit and snot. It was insane. It wasn't fake at all. And at that moment, I've, I, felt, I felt him pull it out of me. And she told me to, to go on. And I feel, like, I feel like it was almost like a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> and like... I swear, and she she was like, just go. And she she walked me down, actually, and she told me not to say nothing to y'all. She, she didn't want me to fucking bum y'all out because I know y'all were on your own journey. And she maybe thought that my story and journey would ruin y'all's. And maybe I shouldn't even be speaking on this now. She don't know we're from the streets. Yeah, <laughs> this is beyond streets, man. It's fucking, this is fucking, this is... I don't even know what the fuck this is. I really can't explain this. If you had asked me a couple months ago or someone told me this story, I'd be like, you're full of fucking shit, man chill you guys are doing too much drugs or something but this is real this shit happened and you can't make this shit up ayahuasca ayahuasca amen wow so uh uh we're gonna go to to will because will <laughs> has also done it two nights in a row yeah with us do you want to stand and give a performance no nah, no nah, i'm good for that it, it helps when you move around and use your yeah, arms. Yeah, no, I prefer, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm limited as to what I really want to say publicly about my trips. Um, 
Yeah, because yours is deep. I have like a, yeah, I also feel, I mean, not this, this is not necessarily, uh, you know, what everyone wants I to do. I think your story can help a, others, the, though. Yeah, there's a level of respect, I feel, for, for my first trip that I don't really want to go into too much detail. Um, yeah, I think half of the test with this stuff for me was sort of the anticipation and apprehension about doing it. I mean, I've, I've, I've played around with similar um, psychedelic substances um, and have like a pretty good knowledge and used DMT quite a bit. And uh, I mean, Joe, you explained to me a lot about the, the, the previous ceremonies you'd done. And yeah, I think it was, it was about getting like, I really felt like the need to get the diet right and, uh, and try and cleanse as much as possible, which I, I feel worked to some extent. I didn't, I didn't have to purge as much. Whether or not that's down to the diet, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, both, both, in both trips, I've, I've had to take a second cup and I was slightly worried about, uh, well, it was, it was hard because it was quite frustrating to hear that this stuff was going on around me and uh, both of you two were experiencing something quite deep and I was still sort on of- On the first night. On the me. first night, yeah. I think on the second night, less so for you, but Dax, I could hear both nights and- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it sounds like it would be distracting, but you're so in your own sort of thoughts and uh, on your own path that most of the time those noises don't really have any sort of bearing on what you're going through. Um, yeah, I think past uh, past doing the second cup, it really came on super quickly and. Um, had some very, very sort of intense visuals on the first night um, that depicted a lot of stuff from my childhood and uh, very like quick flashes of images of places that weren't necessarily like great places for me, which in turn um, actually made me have to go and purge, um, which I did in the toilet, um, which was pretty lucky because it was a projectile vomit. Um, mm. And it's amazing sort of the instantaneous lift of uh, weight you feel once you've done your first, uh, once you've thrown up the first time, um, you, you, your whole body feels, you know, infinitely lighter. Um, yeah, I mean, I basically had, a, had an experience with um, my father who's been dead for 10 years. So um, it was very emotional, um, I think, there were lots of points where it felt like he was literally either in me or beside me watching me and they were showing me through um, showing me through his life as a child and him growing up and then some sort of deeper and not necessarily darker parts but bits where they were explaining how he died um, I mean I knew obviously how he died but uh, it was more more a sort of physical, uh, like a anatomical re representation of his body. And it was showing me within his body and opening up through like muscle tissue into the organs and showing me in the heart and how it, how it got to that, that point he had a heart attack. Um, yeah, it was, it was 
very, very emotional uh, trip the first night and I took a lot away from it. It's the first time I've really felt close to my dad um, or felt his presence since he died. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty special thing for me and I really, I think it's something I'll hold on to for a long time. Um, the second night was very, very, very different and um, equally had the same, same issue with having some frustrations and um, I think... You felt like it wasn't activating. It just wasn't. Took that first cup. The first cup didn't feel like it was activating at all. I was wondering whether my intention that I'd set was clear enough. Um, what whether was I'd, your intention the second night? Uh, well, my intention was exactly the same the first and second night, and it was really to do with um, a kind of self-confidence or a, a second guessing with um, my working practice, and trying to find uh, a solution to some sort of points I've come up across in the past which have left me uh, stressed, uh, depressed and sometimes really stifled my, uh, my sort of creativity um, and I just wanted to sort of find a way to work around these situations where I'd get quite built, built up, it would build up and build up and build up to a point where I'd almost become sort of manic and uh, be quite unhappy about what I was doing and it really you know in my line of work I shouldn't be uh, having those sort of feelings um, I mean it, maybe it's a good thing and it shows that I'm you know pa passionate about what I do but I think there's underlying there was something really really wrong or like a process that I, I'm I've over the years sort of managed to sort of ingrain in my uh, in my process that's that's not getting me where where I need to be with ease um, and yeah with it not working I really started to sort of question whether the test itself was for me to sort of learn about patience and um, yeah not to not to sort of want things to come on so quickly and like understand that maybe ideas and um, different things within this process of making art and uh, working maybe it is just that it takes time and sometimes you need to sort of be a bit, little bit more patient um, yeah I mean and then I, I went on to take the second cup quite late on uh, in through the ceremony and almost uh, again almost instant instantaneously it came on very very strong um, and I had a very very vivid and strangely themed um, ceremony. Um, uh, I, I, I asked the medicine to show me what it wanted me to see, and it showed me some quite sort of dark and sad stuff, which, you know, really I, I have no way to sort of pinpoint you know I didn't well and I still don't have any sort of way of referencing it was it was really about like the sort of atrocities and uh, sadness that we put on to some of the native communities in in the world and uh, yeah I, I mean I'm there were there are lots of different parts of it um, which I'm still processing and I'm trying to find relativity within it um, to my life or 
but whether that, whether it has any at all. What kind of actions were depicted? Um, there was a lot of like just showing like bodies upon bodies of people that had been mis you know mistreated and killed by people. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's really quite difficult to to explain animals as well. Um, but there was that bit with the animals that you yeah mentioned. there was a particular part where i was being eaten by a crocodile and i felt like a presence of an elephant which was quite strange as well whether i was with the elephant or i was the elephant itself um i'm not too sure but i'm yeah i'm gonna have to look into these things and and try and find find some answers but yeah comparatively the two trips were really really different and um unexpected i guess um and how how did how did the icaros how did the music play into your experience yeah i mean again both both nights they it sounded like completely different songs i'm i'm sure there were some that were similar um it's incredible how such light introductions of of instruments can bring on waves of new information and awaken um, new ideas within your body. Um, yeah, I'm st it's still pretty new in my mind and I, I still think I need to think a lot on it and, and try and work out with both of the trips what, what I need to do and, and how to sort of go forward. Um, I know regardless of this, the second one being quite hard for me um, and being very confusing at the end because I'd had such a beautiful and, um, and, and gentle sort of showing of things the night before. Um, regardless of it being that hard, I still felt a sort of a satisfaction and almost euphoria um, once we were, um, our chakra had been closed and the ceremony was closed. Um, yeah, it's just really trying to trying to piece everything together now. So hopefully it'll come over the next few weeks and look into it. Would Would you ever do ayahuasca again? Yeah, a hundred percent. I it it feels to me like something that now should be with me for good. Um, regularity, I'm not too sure. I, I feel like a certain um, loyalty to our shaman. Um, and I, you know, I feel like the experience should be continued with them. Maybe um, you found it to be a good fit. Yeah, it was really, really perfect. They're wonderful people, and and have kept us safe and happy through some quite sort of hard times for for all of us. I think. Um, yeah, I think if if I can, a few times a year would probably be seem like a good good sort of thing I'm sure I have like a lot more uh, more stuff that I need to see and resolve and, and move forward wonderful so how about you Elliot do you want to take control of the camera yeah, well, let's yeah. have him do it <laughs> okay um, so it's just manual focus and you just hit yeah, and no no oh, this one, one here is okay. gonna yeah. you just stand up I can stand standing helps talk yeah it does it does, it does. I'll do it <laughs> Yeah. So, so Elliot, uh, you missed you missed the first night. Yeah. Uh, but you showed up. You showed up for the second night. Well dieted. Yeah. Mentally prepared. Yeah, 
I mean, along with your 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 wonderful wife. Yes, correct. And you got to sit down into the second night of our ceremony, the first night of yours. Uh, what could you say about it? Uh, tell us what the process was like for you. Well, I guess that the my intention heading into this was really something that's a little bit more pressing to my own life than um, particularly considering recent events the last couple of years and I felt that I've had this block um, and I just don't know what it is because it, I put a lot of I feel I put a lot of energy and effort into everything that I do um, and I know that there's an aspect of something in my own behavior that is um, prohibiting me from really kind of moving forward and I wondered if it was this gut feeling that I've had that I'm kind of like my goals and aspirations are not really in line with what I know is my true purpose and um, yeah I, I felt like that was a good place to start so that um, going in um, firstly everything I felt for the first hour was just very physical what did the ayahuasca taste like to you um, it did taste like something actually from my past, from, but I'm trying to remember what it was. It, it, it reminded me of this, um, it was a, a combination of soy sauce and like um, uh, malt, you know, you used to, I used to get a, t a tablespoon of malt. Marmite? No, no, well, yeah, maybe a bit like Marmite, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy, I did, I did the snuff as well. I, I, you know, I saw Dex go and do it and, you know, I thought, you know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know it's my first time and I'm going to go all in and, and just take everything that's on offer and, and, and receive it, you know. So the first thing was I had about an hour of just very purely physical sensations. Like my, all my muscles were spasming, all my aches were aching. It was moving around my body. Every place that I've had an ailment, you know, it all just kind of flared up like one by one, bringing my attention, you know, I felt, you know, my right knee that I damaged about 12 years ago, you know, I felt this kind of uh, shoulder pain deep in this shoulder. I felt uh, my right frontal lobe from where I had like my health incident. I felt a lot of things, my foot at the moment that's been giving me a bit of an issue. And it just made me think about um, how weary this body is at the moment. I've just been going full steam and I haven't been really caretaking the vessel, you know. <laughs> You've just been running around the world painting murals and doing projects everywhere. Everywhere, and, and it's been a means for my wife and I to spend a lot of time together and, and to, to have money, you know, like um, doing that. But um, it's also been running away from some hard responsibilities, which then later on I had to really face up to. Um, the next thing I became aware of was Dax, because he was uh, he he hit like immediately he was going through something it was like literally like bang like really early and I was like oh shit like he's really receptive to this and then he was in stress you know there was something really going on and a lot of my attention was going towards him but I was really by this time deep in the space as well and I was watching this twisting writhing contorting thing wrestling its way like being basically extracted from Dax for quite some time it's a tough thing to watch as well right? it is like, 
just I mean it's hard because you really you, you're, you're caught between trying to concentrate on your own thing and also you know wanting to feel you feel like you want to reach out for them mentally yeah. and physically and sort of help them in some way but it, you know yeah. it's his journey yeah I don't know if you guys heard me start laughing yeah yeah which wasn't laughing at because he was speaking in tongues yeah yeah oh no I found it I also found it quite yeah. difficult to listen to and it, yeah. I think it was almost like a sort of Tourette's the laughing oh. or like the kind of that kind of or amazement uh, yeah it well it was awe. it yeah. was it was first it started as a very warm physical sensation in my belly like deep in my belly in my abdomen and then my muscles just started moving mm. by themselves and then I had a just I was trying to fight the laughter because I didn't want it to come across insensitive yeah, yeah, yeah. but what was going on in my mind was that I knew that was his process his journey yeah. and I felt an extreme wave of optimism for what was on the other side yeah not like I know but I but I was being assured that he was going to be fine this yeah. was this was good you know it's it's difficult to find that balance between um, because you know that you're told never not to really hold on to stuff or hold mm. hold stuff back and to find a balance between being um, considerate of those who, who are in the room with you and, and their journey, as well as being able to let go, which I found quite difficult in 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 parts, mm. with especially with laughter, because it, it was there were several times where I, I just literally felt hysterical, mm. and I wanted to laugh out loud, but I think it would have like, yeah, you know, felt like the wrong thing or or could have been difficult for some people. Yeah. But yeah, I think if, yeah, I think it is really about just you know within reason. As long as you're not making too much noise to like yeah. let go of it, right? It was definitely a release. You know, there were a lot of things being released, and then from that point, then I moved into um, basically this. This there was a lot of really complex stuff that I couldn't really describe if I wanted to. That was really kind of explaining the kind of. Um, origins of a lot of things of creation and just the flexibility and limitless possibilities of creation um, and just how absurd and kind of funny and whimsical and beautiful and just it was just so many things like um, and then I was taken through all of these really key relationships in my life and I was basically sort of shown that this block that I've been feeling and everything has actually got to do with how I'm tending or not tending to my relationships and my affairs in life. Like, I'm not, I'm basically the word that kept coming up was a, a bad housekeeper. Right. You know, that I'm, I'm okay, yeah, yeah. but I'm just a bit sloppy and I leave a lot of stuff yeah. behind me because I'm going forward and I'm running on adrenaline, I guess, and I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like, um, I'm not tending to the, you know, I'm not really finishing a lot of things, really, you know. And um, there was a lot of stuff about my father um, and our relationship, which is, um, it took some knocks when I split from my partner of 14 years and came to the US and it was a really hard time for everybody and stuff and he's just made such a, a really huge effort to rekindle that friendship with me and extended like a huge amount of generosity and um, vulnerability and stuff and I've started really speaking with him you know in a way that I haven't before my mother the same thing um, I just I'd never realized how distant I was from my family and 
and I've only started to begin to learn how to communicate and I've got some work to do there because I have some very specific things now I need to say to them that I think they really need to hear for their own happiness and well-being right now um, and uh, then of course it was like taking me through my um, before I went into my relationships with you know my, my you know my ex and now and also my, my wife uh, which was a very interesting thing to have some clarity on um, it basically spoke a lot about all of these people that have enabled me along the way for whatever reason and some belief in my creativity or that I'm a good person or something but people that just keep enabling me and they've extended this generosity and I haven't really done the right thing and like really reciprocating that like the way that I should and um, and it wasn't just the obvious people like I think like clearly like Joe, Joe's been a really big figure in, in my life and um, has extended you know over the last decade or more a lot of generosity and a lot of shine and a lot of opportunity and advice and everything and and you know um, we went through a really tough time you know where I was just sort of consistently letting him down and we had a real funk you know that we had to kind of get through and we sort of you know we kind of drifted and then you know he addressed it with me and we've sort of been on this kind of mending process you know and um, I realized the parallels with Joe and Jasmine my wife are two people in my life that tell me what I don't want to hear <laughs> <laughs> so I was really appreciating and valuing that because I think there's a lot of other people that don't maybe communicate explicitly like the things that I don't want to hear and um, so yeah and then there was all these other random people that I just realized damn I really owe them gratitude and I hadn't really reflected on just how much so yeah. I came out of that just really warm and it was a really cozy and nice experience and then I thought okay that's it oh that was beautiful basically the most beautiful thing I've ever done and you know um, I was really upbeat and everything when they offered the second cup and I saw my wife go in and everything she didn't hesitate she didn't hesitate she, they said she ran over there I'll take another one <laughs> yeah I was like wow I wasn't expecting that yeah she seems like really nervous at the beginning yeah but she was like Physically, she, you know, she didn't like, she didn't purge or anything like, you know, through that process. So it was, uh, yeah. She still chose to go back in though, yeah. uh, and I commend her on so it. So you took a second cup. I took a second cup. And did that have any type of sway on your experience? I went in with the same intention as the as the first, and. Um, kind of like as if I just I didn't want to let go of that feeling from the first I was so happy about it I just didn't want to let go and um, and I went in and I got my ass checked basically I got told we told you but just in case you weren't listening and you didn't take it seriously here's the fucking roller coaster version of what we just showed you like and fast forward but Ten times worse, like you know, like all the hard stuff. What did that look like? Oh fuck! All I know is it was the most physically exhausting, the most sick. Like I mean, I was I was spewing, I was crying, I was what coughing. Kind of imagery or associations or depictions. It was a, a lot about the circus or the theater of societal life in this existence and where we live and 
how intoxicating it is and the damage that it's doing because it's stopping us from living our true potential and I'm quite caught up in it and um, and give a lot of attention and focus to those areas which probably, you know, man. <laughs> right. well, that's not that one from last night. No, that one was way bigger and crazy. The other one was like a, a straight cruise ship. I would live in that boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah They're I mean, altered down. I, I think with the last one, man, like, I, I was seeing a lot of the absurdity and the vanity and the stupidity of the things that we spent our days doing. And I saw how that plays into the first part, which was that that's where the prioritizing has been going versus where it should be going. You know, which is like maintaining um, what's really important. I think that our purpose is. Um, I think in this in these times where division, well, actually all through history, where division and warfare and this kind of Darwinian concept of survival of the fittest and the encouragement and rewards that people get for being ruthless in life um, is just like a massive poison. And our purpose is actually about community building and uplifting and the way that we are supposed to live an exemplary life is by um, focusing on the people close and important to you that are right there and then basically focusing your energies on building that community reinforcing that community and uplifting because it ripples out like it ripples out and and that's how everyone should focus you know like their, their time and attention I mean it, it, it seemed like a pretty simple lesson you know and now I say it I realize it's it's probably something that in principle I've always thought about and believed but I don't know if I really genuinely acted on it you know like not for a while I think when I was younger I was a little bit closer to the mark but would I, you ever do ayahuasca again I would but I feel both what Will said about you know I felt very comfortable doing it with these particular shamans I felt that um, they were very attentive to everybody and um, you know it was um, it was a very, very, uh, you know, I'm going to have a hard time really unpacking that and all of the roles that they kind of fulfilled and duties that they did. It was, it was a lot actually, and I don't know how they do that while in ceremony, but it was very amazing. I think it has to be sort of said as well that, I mean, we're, we're pretty lucky to have this intimacy with our, our ceremonies because we were the top five people doing it together usually we're talking about rooms of like 20 30 yeah. even hundreds of people and i think that that could also i am just trying to imagine like how the shaman would manage to get around and attend to that many people in yeah. one one ceremony with, with you know multiple people potentially having quite deep and dark yeah um scenarios I'll, I'll Set, settings where the shamans actually know your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had one last thing to say, yeah, which was sorry. which was just that um, additional to that. I feel now that while this is kind of really fresh and I feel that purpose, that I probably wouldn't do it again until I, I've really put in some solid groundwork in these areas that I need to address right now. And um, once I've sort of made some ground in those, I think I'll be like prepared to a little bit more prepared to sort of revisit that again but yeah like gi joe said yeah. 
knowing is half the battle. G.I. <laughs> <laughs> Joe said that? At the yeah. end of every G.I. Joe cartoon episode. Shit. I forgot that. <laughs> teach you about fucking <laughs> stoves, <laughs> fires, and yeah. getting lost at carnivals and getting lured by, you know, people who want to kidnap you. No. Knowing is half the power. Knowing is half the battle. You want to have a, a talk about your experience? I'll, I'll say some things briefly. Uh, for, for me, if I was to average out all, all the individual ceremonies that I've had, uh, it's, it's, each experience is an education. It's, it's going in to yourself and, and, and learning something. You, you, you put an intention out there each time you go in and it, it gets confronted. You know, every single time, every single time I've ever gone in on a ceremony with an idea, it never, it never chose to ignore it. It addressed it. So night one of this experience here in France, I, I asked to know more about past lives and my own past lives. Uh, and I wanted to learn about myself and how I fit into the scheme of things here. And I, I learned that I'm very old, that, I, that I've been around before. And it took me through that in, in in a very deep and profound way that I'm I I'm just not ready to, to share. Uh, and then it, it just started to 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 channel through a lot of these different messages, uh, lessons, insights, universal truths that I had to keep writing down and, and I was sort of you know quickly frantically writing these things down in the dark and it started combing over aspects of my current life and telling me exactly what to do uh with work with you know uh what I do personally and all that kind of stuff and you end up coming out of it you end up coming out of it feeling humbled and upbeat feeling like you've learned something profound last night last night it took I I, I wanted to I wanted to kind of shed aspects of my ego and and I put that out there uh, and it, it kept it kept ha it kept having me write something down it, it said uh, said I, I kept writing like page after page after page I kept writing I don't respect myself I don't respect myself I don't respect myself and then it would then at the bottom of the page I'd write and for that I'm healing next page I don't respect myself I don't respect myself I don't respect myself and for that I'm healing I've lost touch with myself I've lost touch with myself it just kept taking me through all of these different things. And ultimately, as I've kept writing it, it, it started to change the words around. And it finally led into 
I found myself, I found myself, I found myself, I found myself through healing. It, it had me write the word yourself down. And the word yourself, the why was separated from ourself. So why was separated from O-U-R-S-E-L-F. And the way ourself was written, it, it, it had the feeling of ourself. And it also had the detachment of the why as being an individual thing. And it, and, and it, it, it kept drawing my attention to that. This, this idea of, of, of you being this separate entity from everything and everyone else. It told me that people and the people that you come across in your life are just reminders of yourself. They're just aspects of yourself. And that when you boil it all down, that there really isn't any separation between people at all. And that we are all basically the same thing, just sort of floating around in this experience and we just get caught up with being separate from it all like a like a leaf on a tree we say well a leaf is not a tree but then when does the tree begin it's is it the branch you know is a branch a tree when does a tree start becoming a tree is it is it is it the bark you know is it is it the trunk is it the roots or is it the whole thing? The whole thing is a tree. And then we, it, 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 it started talking to me about God, this whole idea of God. And, you know, growing up and going through the motions of being forced to go to church and, uh, and then being turned off by that and being called an atheist by, like, my aunts, you know, and said, well, fuck it. Well, then I don't believe in anything, you know. Uh, I'm not religious. I'm not spiritual. And kind of through DMT getting to a point of having affirmations that led me to believe that, well, hey, wait a second, I didn't know that. And coming across things that I didn't even understand. And then the next day, bumping into documentaries, exploring that same thing, you know, uh, being rooted in sacred geometry and the code of this planet. Yeah. It, it it's it's some serious stuff, man, and it's 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 an education for me every time I go in. And it motivates me to move forward as 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 a human, as as a patient person because sometimes I'm not patient and sometimes I could be a fucking asshole. And I and I struggle with that and I want to shed some of that. That comes from my history, my past. You know, all these dysfunctions and stuff that we just sort of wear as aspects of our identity. Uh, I, I want to get rid of some of that. I want to be, I want to be goofy and, and look like a weird motherfucker and, and, and be okay with that, you know? So, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I thought it was all fucking fun. I thought it was all fun. It told me about art. It said, it said about my art. It said that, uh... My paintings, my paintings are not paintings. My paintings are experiences. Uh, my, my paintings are reminders. It said my you, uh, paintings are, are reminders uh, 
a, a completed work, you know, a painting that I've done with many variables, a lot of crazy contrasting elements and whatnot. It's it's a problem. It's a, a, a really intense painting by me is is me working out a problem within myself, and it's recorded onto that surface. I. I have this belief that we are the recorders of emotional energy and we channel that energy through ourselves, through our arms, through our hands, through our tools, and it's forever imprinted onto whatever surface you decide. So you could be long dead, and if that painting still happens to be around, that energy is there. It's within each stroke. It's it's within each element. Yeah. So, thank you to you guys for fucking coming out and hanging out with me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. you yeah, know, because us and thank you for bringing us to this unique ayahuasca experience with the what I imagine are the best shamans in the world, and giving us a you know an intimate session or ceremony. I can't I can't thank you enough, and I I feel wonderful. I feel fucking wonderful. Yeah, man. I didn't. I didn't during the ceremony, but it's like getting out forty years of bullshit in four hours. Yeah. We're learning how to fucking be happy. Be forty-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't. You can't. You can't ride through life on that fucking teenage shit forever, bro. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just gotta leave that for the children and mm-hmm. learn how to f- be a fucking man. Sometimes and, you have to go through an exorcism. And go through an exorcism and do these things that people marginalize as drugs, but we recognize as medicine. So, thanks for tuning in. This is the Fly Out of Line podcast, flyoutofline.com, on Instagram, at flyoutofline. Peace. Let's make a podcast. All right.